That's good. This is good. We're situated with beer. Frankie's going to hopefully be good. Oh, I love when Frankie makes an appearance. Yeah. Because I can I hear it and I know what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like... Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kentucky Commons Radio Hour. I'm John Ronane, here with Michael Moeller, and uh, we're the Louisville Ale Trail guys, our, our third guy, David Satterley. He's flown the coop down to Texas this week. Uh, so if you're listening to this, David, you're fired. Uh, we are joined, however, by a much, much better uh, third third element or third Sorry, piece David, of the triad I'm this week. Your yeah. spot. New host, guest host, guest Kinsey host, Kinsey Bernhard, um, of the Boys Are From Mars and Podcast. Yes. And of Highwire, yes, beer company, brewing company. Uh, I think we're brewing. Brewing, company. got it. Yeah, uh, which is based out of Asheville, North Carolina, but which has a lot of uh, awesome like satellite locations. Mm-hmm. The newest, or one of the newest of which, is here in Louisville. Yeah, the newest one outside of Asheville. We opened a third location in Asheville, more of just a distribution center, but with a beer garden. So yes. Latest one outside the city of Asheville. If you guys haven't been there, it's a really, really cute little spot. It's uh, that development that they did in the old Phoenix uh, Hill area. There's a bunch of little shops and whatnot. Uh, that's where your tap room is. Yeah, we're essentially cool. where the old Phoenix Hill Tavern used to be. The One of the original facades or sides yeah. or doors or windows, whatever you call it, is still there. It's part of the our tap room. So there's still a little bit of the Phoenix Hill Tavern. That lives on. That's awesome. And yeah. you can still go there. Well, you can probably get better beer now, maybe, than you could back in the day sure, with high wire there. <laughs> I would assume so. There's also the Goodfellas Pizza down there, which is awesome. It's opened, yes. And uh, people always complain about this if you're, you know, somebody listening, trying to come into downtown. You guys have a little parking garage kind of behind we do. you. do. That's, That's a nice thing. Yeah, it's One of the cool. biggest things that people don't realize is the, the street parking is free. And we have a parking garage around the back. The first two levels are free for retail. So if you're going to Goodfellas, if you're going to Crowley's, the chicken place... Or us, there is parking um, in the garage behind the top room. Yeah. Well, that was one of my things when I first heard that Highwire was coming in that location. My very first thought was, oh, nobody's going to park. Yeah. yeah. And I then, remember you asking me that. I was like, no, we have a whole garage. Yeah. No, a whole garage. It's the first two levels. That's... I always tell people, once you hit the gate, turn around. Those are for <laughs> um, the residents. You will get stuck in there if yeah. it's after hours. Yeah. That's what, an extra 100 spots, though, or something, I would say? Yeah. Like, that's it's... huge. I guess about 80, but I'm terrible at guessing, so. And you guys are kind of in that cool little, like, brewery corridor, too. So when you're out going to, you know, Gravely, or if you're out at Mile Out or Fall City, or all the other ones that are around there, you guys are right in that little kind of hub of coolness yeah it's making that you know highlands you mm-hmm. know when it splits into i guess bardstown to nulu kind of that connection that gives people more reason to walk from gravely to us and then down to to bardstown which really there was no reason to do that when those um tenants underneath the apartments right. were empty yeah so you brought some beers I did. Yeah, let's drink some high wire beer. Can, and you, can you tell us about it. this beer? Uh, well, I haven't tried it yet, so we're all gonna be trying together. Oh, nice. is but that the Italian pills? This is the Italian pills. <laughs> it is um, our latest limited lager series. So each month, I want to say month or two months or month and a half, uh, we release a new uh, lager. Um, we always partner with Riverbend Malt House, mm-hmm. which is based out of North Carolina. Those guys were in here recently. Very nice guys. Yes. Um, so this is the Italian Pills. Um, it looks very Christmassy, yeah, but it well. is 
the Italian flag. The beer looks beautiful. If so. you guys are uh, listening, you won't be able to tell. If you're not listening and you are watching, thank you for being uh, one of our patrons. If you guys want to get the video feed and see this beautiful beer, uh, go over and uh, be a member of our Patreon. But it's beautifully pale, super light and bright. First thing I noticed when I cracked the can was that nice little pleasant kind of like bohemian floral, yeah. grapefruity, hoppy aroma. It's very easy to drink. Yeah, it's super, super good. Four point 4.2% uh, dry hopped with Michigan grown, oh gosh. Yeah, you guys are awesome too because Firewire always tells you like Cesar? a lot of the ingredients. Yeah. I haven't. You're gonna, I'm gonna that's that got to be some kind of a uh, like a offshoot of saws or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Zuper Sazer. I think that's like a souped up saws yeah. uh, strain. Uh, so I'm not super familiar yeah, with so it myself. Yeah, so it's Michigan grown hops. So. That's awesome. Maybe why the the the, the name change, but it is dry hopped. So well, that's one of the things I think is cool too, because like I mean, I guess really, you know, the malts American and mm -hmm. the hops are made here, made grown <laughs> in America. But it's an Italian beer. But it's an Italian <laughs> beer, Italian and I mean, song. it tastes every bit as crisp and clean as like. There's a lot of malt snobs out there, and if you guys know know this or malt couture, maybe malt couturists. Uh, but people like we've recently not been able to get the German malts, the Belgian malts. Uh, even now the English malts are all out of stock. Um, so we've been using, we've been looking to get a palette from Riverbend. We've also been using a lot of like Proximity and Montana malt, which is just stuff that's made here in America. Mm -hmm. Of course, Brees is always awesome for that too. Um, but it's, you know, American Pilsner malt's every bit as good as those high country uh, that's, German that's Pilsner That's what malts. I say every day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I go. wake up, I have, <laughs> I have a little... Sticky note on the on the mirror that reminds me of that. We're gonna start making malt in America. Epiphany out of uh, Durham. Uh -huh. Do you use them? I've not. I've talked to those guys before, but we've never been able to buy a palette. I have a from really them. cool hat from them that I stole at the Pink Boots conference. Oh, so nice. That's why I thought of them. Well, yeah, that's super crushable and good beer. Yeah, this first it. time I had it. Very good in cans now. I don't know when this was released, but it might be on draft. We're just waiting to go through some some other beers, other local lagers beer that we have. We have a red lager on, which is great very similar to like an irish red so great for the holidays yeah. uh a dark czech or a dark bohemian lager it's all the rage these days <laughs> yes <laughs> um and then we also have a blonde bach in cans very well. nice oh i'd love to try that all those are the limited lager series lots of lagers yeah which so, is one thing that real quick one thing that highwire does really well that people don't think about is these lagers so if you guys have been to highwire already you've probably seen Kenzie back there busting her butt. You basically are, are running the place or it's running you, one or the other. How did you take us back? How did you get into crap? You're you're still on the young side. On I the am. David Satterley side of the 30-year bridge or whatever. 26, yeah. even younger. Right. Gosh, that makes me sound so old, but also very young. You're you're doing great. You got your whole life ahead of you. But how did you get into the whole craft beer world? Oh, gosh. Um. So I went to UK. Mm -hmm. um, Same here. Yep. Uh, Lexington kind of at the time I started, you know, I was old enough to drink promise. Um, <laughs> I guess my junior and even my senior year started checking out the local breweries in Lexington. So at the time, obviously West six country boy just had their Lexington location. I remember checking out mirror twin blue stallion and just like really loving the, the vibe yeah. and the overall like feel of those places. Very different from the bar scene. I was never a liquor drinker. I was always the person who went to the bar and like, asked for a Bud Light in college um, when all my roommates or friends were ordering, you know, gin and tonics, vodka sodas, um, and then just kind of found that there was more flavorful beer than a McUltra, um, which I definitely drank a lot of in, in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, was, I was a Stroh's guy back in those um, days. Uh, Still am. 
I think, you know, McUltra appealed to, to, to women um, as much as I hate to say that. And I got suckered in. Um, well, hey, these days we can all use like those low carb, low calorie options. Oh, man. I don't know the last time I've had a McUltra. It might be since, <laughs> since college. I don't remember the last time I've had that either. Just kind of fell in love with it. Fell in love with the, the beer community. It was a journalism major at UK. Um, graduated, obviously, with a degree in journalism. Got into marketing. Hated the nine to five. Well, not nine to five, but the the, the nine or the, the eight nine hour. to nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Michael just got up a call from work. It was. Thankfully, my first job out of college was essentially a nine to five day. Um, sitting at a desk all day. Got really bored. Got tired. Kind of was doing some beer writing on the side during all of that. That's cool. Okay. And was like, you know, I was like, I hate writing about, gosh, dumpster companies and window companies. And I was, I was doing content, yeah. for like their social media, essentially a copywriter. They don't use that word anymore. Um, it's a lot dated, but doing that for companies, I didn't care. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, well, hate this. What do I want to do? And I was like, well, okay, beer. I've always enjoyed writing about beer. Let's let's work in beer. But I had no real experience other than just doing some part-time bartending. I actually went in Cincinnati State um, Community and Technical College, obviously in Cincinnati, Ohio, has a brewing science program. Randomly got an email from them because um, I think I had previously like wanted to join the program, but just never like going back to school, paying, you know, Tuition yeah, again sure. was like, yeah. it's like, nope, can't do that. Randomly got an email. was like, are you still interested in this? We saw that you like, you know, how te technology can see if you like start one, totally put one information on a form, they'll really email you. And I said, it was perfect timing. Moved back home with the parents, got my certification in brewing marketing sales from That's Cincinnati awesome. State. Hell yeah. Started working at some breweries in Northern Kentucky and, or a brewery and, Kind of went from there. Now, now I'm down here, and Louisville's always a city I wanted to end up in. It's a very cool city. Brewing scene here is great. It's growing. Um, so I was living with my parents, so it was time to move out eventually. So, and now I'm here. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, but not to. You also uh, had a lot of experience doing some beer writing as well, though, uh, before you actually started working uh, in the scene. I mean, I guess you were always working in the scene, but even before your yeah. last couple jobs, I mean, you were you were writing for Kentucky Sports Radio <laughs> about beer. And if for those of you who don't know, Kentucky Sports Radio is not just about Kentucky or sports like it could be anything, really. Um, and that's kind of how they draw their their audience in. Yeah, so I did. I was like I said, I was a journalism major in college, and I always thought I wanted to do sports, which is really funny right now because I didn't watch any basketball last night. Which, if you said that, <laughs> I if I said that to <laughs> myself five years ago, I thought I, I would have been crazy. I was the most sports obsessed person. Um, the pandemic, I think, changed that, but that is a whole conversation for a different day. Totally, <laughs> um, I think a lot of people feel that way. I've heard, I've heard other people say like the same I've, thing. I turned on a movie that rather than watching sports, and which is crazy to say that after being so sports obsessed, but yeah, I started, you know, I was writing for Kentucky sports radio coming, covering obviously the, um, sports and specifically I was covering the football team. So I mean, I'm one of those rare big football fans over basketball fans, but mostly cause I just covered the team is when Stoops arrived. Anyway, in the summers, we kind of had free range to write whatever, cause there was no sports going on. And I was like, well, I like to write about beer while I write about breweries in Kentucky and if you like Matt Jones, you hate Matt Jones. One of the things he loves to do is to promote local Kentucky businesses. Totally. Kentucky owned, Kentucky run, whatever. So when I pitched him the idea, he loved it. Like, he's like, that's great. Promote whatever Kentucky businesses you want. Um, kind of got to travel. And this is quotes. I know this is a podcast around the state. <laughs> and uh, 
Uh, beers with Bernhard. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Be, yeah. Yeah. Beers with Bernhard. I that's was like, awesome. is that the name? Started just like <laughs> profiling all the different breweries in, in the state. And that's kind of where my, you know, love of beer started. And then also my love of writing about beer, which I still do. Um, and maybe we can get into that a little bit later, but yeah, it was really cool to see the, the, all the different breweries in this state and just how passionate people were. And this was still before I was working full time at a brewery. And I was like, and through that, I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to work in beer. I want to work for a brewery. And um, yeah, and I, we have so many unique breweries across the state. So it's really fun to get to know all those people. I yeah. mean, I visited people in Paducah to Northern Kentucky to obviously Louisville, Lexington. Oh, no, you, you missed an opportunity. You could have said from Pikeville to Paducah oh. and you didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't get to Pikeville. So that <laughs> would have been a lot. Um, I guess it would have been from Paducah. What's the, the, the Penny Ryle I went region. to, um, <laughs> to the Penny Penny region. Paris to Paducah. I go. did That's Paris, Kentucky. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. I don't think they're even an active brew anymore, but yeah, Paris to Paducah. That's perfect. Up yeah. to, there's no P name in Northern Kentucky. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. We uh, have to search, <laughs> but you do have a podcast. I do. That sounds so annoying to say. I have a podcast. We have a well, podcast. I, to say. You just own it. Oh my God. Whenever I tell people I have a podcast, I'm like, that sounds so annoying. And, they're like, <laughs> and then I tell them, like, that's so cool. And I'm like, it's right. still annoying. Don't tell a... us about the podcast. So, <laughs> don't, don't... I do have a podcast. Be, be positivity. I, I am proud of my podcast. It is just a little weird to say I have a podcast because everyone has a podcast. I'm basically but, an influencer. Yeah. Like I, I get beer samples sent to me. Hey, uh, no. Um, yeah. I have a podcast. It's called Boys Are From Martin. That's a great uh, name. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really great name. Yeah. Uh, some one of my friends came up with it. No, I'm just kidding. It was Michael Muller. Uh, he came up with the name. Told, <laughs> awesome. him, told him I want to start a podcast. Couldn't come up with a name. I'm a big fan of puns. Um, so obviously, boys are from Martin or M- Martin. Like yeah. we, we say it very Americanized here. So get Margins. over it. Um, the play on the oil, play on the word boys are from Mars. Just a, kind of a saying you say as a kid. I don't even know where it came from. I should probably know that information. Martin is essentially just an Oktoberfest. Um, but yeah, started that, you know, I got laid off during the pandemic. Like a lot of people did. I yeah. ha- started a, a job with the Kentucky Guild of Brewers here in Kentucky as the communications coordinator. Um, and then COVID hit breweries, you know, we, they didn't have, you know, the, the guild obviously, you know, had them stop paying their fees, which was my salary. So, um, got laid off from that. Obviously a lot of people got laid off. I was living at home. My parents at the time. So I was very lucky that nothing affected me terribly. So I was like, you know, everyone, you're bored <laughs> during, yeah, totally. you know, I was, I was keeping a routine of doing something every, the same thing every day. But after three months, it yeah. gets a little hard to do that. Even if it is like, yep. get up, work out, walk the dog, eat lunch, you know, watch a movie, Go to bed. walk the dog again, <laughs> work in the garden. And then it's um, like noon and you're like, a beer sounds good. <laughs> and then it's like five o'clock and you're like, a sixth beer sounds good. I At least that's me during lockdown. I, I don't know if you all, but I had a hammock in my room oh, at my nice. parents' house. Oh, so I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I remember just laying in my hammock one day and be like, I just can't do the same thing I've been doing for two months. I'm like, what should, what should I do? What have I always wanted time to do? Yeah, there you go. Start a podcast. Yeah. I'm the type of person where 90% of the time I'm listening to a podcast yeah. other than music. So I'm like, if I listen to a ton of podcasts, I can do my own. Um, so when I thought about, you know, I was going to obviously do a podcast and beer, I'd been working in beer for a couple years at that time. But my thought is, you know, there's a lot of beer podcasts out there. Well, how can I make mine different? Um, so I'm just going, you know, I'm thinking I'm, a, I'm in women and beer. I'm very passionate about advocating for women and 
and minorities in beer and those guys, okay, I could have a women in beer podcast and, or, but let's take that far. I'm going to have only women in beer podcast. I'm only going to have women and non-binary people on my podcast. And it's like that I, there at the time it, I didn't, there wasn't any other podcast like that totally. where it was just a podcast hosted by a woman talking to another woman. You know, there's a lot of just like, you know, diversity podcasts about beer, blah, 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 but never, a, you know, a woman emailing or emailing, <laughs> interviewing a woman. So I started this podcast and um, what I tell people is you can skip the first 10, 15 episodes because they are terrible. Um, like any start to a podcast. You're, <laughs> yeah, we know. You're well, learning- no, we know that internally, like we've had the same. Yeah, uh, I should have done a bunch of test runs and then re-interviewed people. I might go back and re-interview them and delete those <laughs> and just re-upload them. I don't think that-, that people like, like you know, if those audience members, those people that you got early on listening, it's fun to see the parallel. Like, you know, I've yeah, it, it seen how good, much I, better your pod, like don't delete anything. skills did. I yeah. deleted something and I, and I kind of regret it. My very first episode that I did for Building Breweries was with, Trey White, the president at the time of Anderson Valley Brewing Company. Okay. That was the first episode. Yeah. I had no business talking to that dude. <laughs> uh, and then looking back, just pretty for, big, pretty big brewery. For comedic value, I should have kept it. Yeah. Because yeah. it was awful. Oh, gosh. Uh, but, you know, don't, the point to that story is don't delete your no, podcast. No, I won't. Is there, I, yeah, after 15 episodes, I really grew. I kind of figured out where exactly I wanted the podcast to go. You know, in the beginning, and I will tell people not to do this, which I was doing in the beginning. You know, I was asking, I wasn't asking that. I was asking, I was basically asking the question of what's it like to be a female in beer? I don't think I was saying it exactly that way, but that was kind of the basis of the podcast and how can we make it better? And after about 15 to 20 episodes, I was like, what's, there's, this is, there's no point of this type of podcast. Like, we know what it's like to be a female in beer. It's kind of shitty. Um so it's like, okay, how, how, how do I, you know, make this dip, you know, actually interesting content. So what I started to do, and obviously what I do now is I make my podcast very, you know, career driven. I usually take the interviewee, the guest, and we go back from the beginning and how they got into beer into, yeah. and we go through the story of their career to where they are now. So that, you know, whatever that person's story is, because I've had brewers on, I've had owners on, I've had managers on, I've had sales representatives, I've had marketing people, I've had influencers, journalists, executive director of guilds, of state guilds, of malts, of um, Maltsters. like maltsters, of just homebrew. Like, if a person works in the beer industry, even just like, like yeah. dipping their toes in, I'll have them on my podcast because yep. it's... So what That's I how like, you get, that. You have a really you get a well-rounded variety. view. And I do that because I want, you know, I want to say some young girl, obviously that's not the case, but I want somebody who's like always a little Susie, seven yeah. year old listening to <laughs> I the podcast. Make beer, God damn it. Yeah. If if some kid did tell their mom or dad that they wanted to work in beer by listening to my podcast, even at the age of eight, I'd feel a little Hell proud. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You should feel proud yep. if that were to happen. Maybe it already had, I bet it's already happened. Well, if it has, let me know. But no, I <laughs> I want people to listen to it and be like, okay, you know, Shelby, I don't know why I said Shelby, she got into beer this way because she liked to write. Yeah. So now she covers the beer industry for good beer hunting or brewbound, or she's, um, you know, a contributor for all these different outlets in San Diego and she writes about beer. I love writing and I love beer or, you know, I hate math and science, but I can sell the shit out of things. So I'm going to be a sales rep for a brewery or... I love marketing and all that stuff. I'm going to be a marketing manager for a brewery. You know, there's so many 
jobs for breweries that aren't just brewing. And yeah, I totally. think it comes also from a personal aspect. It's like, I've only brewed twice and I've like helped, like I've dumped tops into the, the kettle. I haven't even like hooked up, but like brewing is not my thing. It's not, I'm interested it's not in. That well, you know, <laughs> not even just, obviously working for a brewery is really fun and, and it's, you know, it's important if that's what you're into, but if you just want to get involved in beer, there are hundreds of jobs yeah. Yeah. in different yep. uh, industries that, that are all part of the beer industry that can help you. I mean, whether it's working with like maltsters, mm-hmm. it's, if it's working for um, like uh, like a like a like a yeast company, mm-hmm. yeast cultivation, mm-hmm. or a POS system, like there there are so many ways to be involved in the beer scene without yeah. actually working at a brewery. Yeah, I think a lot of people are you know they get so focused on working the like I said get working the beer industry as a brewer. And it's like, you don't like, there are hundreds of other jobs. You can work for a hop farm. You can work for a hop company. Yeah. You can be Even super be like nerdy <laughs> about, yeah, you can be an yeah, accountant. You can be, yeah. if you love HR, you can be the HR manager of a, like. Who's, who's the beer aficionado guy um, at a revolution? Uh, Doug Vilecki. Yeah. Yeah. What well, didn't he do like a combination of accounting and marketing and then that's what guys yeah, yeah. propelled him into you can work in the lab and look at mm-hmm. stuff through his i've almost said a stethoscope but that's yeah, not the right too. word yeah i mean that's that's why you're not working in the lab but yeah <laughs> no i would be like I'd be like i see something they're like there's nothing under the light right now we don't have any slides on there that's just dirt like don't trust me trust me but like Kinsey's the it's not even plugged in i'd be like oh, yeah yeah there's so many jobs in beer and so like find what you like to do and you know i came from a little bit of a marketing background and writing so i kind of got into the marketing part and i'm still doing that but like i I like to manage i like to use my hands every day and crawl on top of the walk-in cooler to do stuff to you know move kegs in the in the the pos or in the pos system that too (laughs) move kegs in the cooler you know you know i just like to be you know i don't want to say i like to be the boss but i like well, like, I was gonna, that was one thing I was thinking of when you were saying all that stuff is like, you kind of get to be, I get to like be a, a little everything. I wear yeah, a lot exactly. of hats and again, that can be stressful, but I like that because I like, you know, I, I, I like to be in charge of things and you can do that as a manager and, um, you, you, and know, you get to learn new stuff every day too. Oh, yeah. like, you know, there's never a day that goes by. You don't learn some random new little factoid or like right. learn how something works or take a part of and, you know, keg faucet. I still, you know, like, part of that is I get to clean keg, yeah. clean keg lines and clean faucets. And that for me is really fun. It's a lot of hands-on things or like troubleshooting or I have to come in here. The, the home, home, I always get it wrong. Home brew grass. No. Brew grass home brew. <laughs> the home brew store works though. I can never say it's that It's a tongue right. twister. Brew grass. <laughs> um, the homebrew supply store here and like get some washers and, you know, steal one of John's faucets on accident, <laughs> um, which I did return. Um, so it's, it's very hands on. You get to kind of, you know, troubleshoot things, which usually if you're working in a, you know, a common brewery or just like a normal brewery setup, you'd have a brewer come in and do it. But it's, yeah. it's me. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's, I it's different. It makes you it's appreciate challenging. it too. Like yeah. you wouldn't say if you're somebody who likes beer, like, you know, you drink it and you enjoy it. You wouldn't think that taking apart a draft faucet, getting so frustrated trying to figure out how to put it all back together but then when it works I, you appreciate so the good. good beer that comes out of it a little bit more yeah. you know <laughs> like well it we had nice. yeah we had issues with our our handles being loose and then i came in here and got different washers and then or o-rings and then they worked better and it was so satisfying yeah. <laughs> i'm like oh that's all it took yeah and then you know how like it's always kind of a mystery until you, it's like zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance or whatever 
it's like zen in the art of tap room maintenance yeah, and management that's a, that's a job i've always kind of been interested in is like a draft technician mm-hmm. yeah i would love to to kind of go through that school that they have in what chicago or something did they do that at siebel or whatever is it something different? I think it's through Siebel, or maybe I'm getting my information wrong, but there is somebody yeah. here that there's a science work to for him. He sends you up to that school for, oh. you know, it's, what, maybe three, there's just like a weeks or whatever. course part of Siebel or something. Maybe. And it's measuring the link to the draft lines and airflow and pressure and yeah. height differentials. I have, and, this, I have this kegerator at home that I still haven't hooked up yet. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, <laughs> just like, yeah. we'll, we'll do a live podcast yeah, where you hook up Michael's kegerator. That's funny. So, you know, working the beer and shoot, it's funny. You get charge of, so like whenever I go home to my parents, I have to clean their oh, draft yeah. lines because they do not clean them and I, my mom just throws on every type of different beer and it like mm. makes me a little nauseous. She's like, you want some of the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? And I'm like, this maybe tastes tomorrow. Like yeah. yeah, maybe right after that big heavy stout they had on there two days ago. Ooh, yeah, um, that cherry sour. Yeah, you definitely wear a lot of hats, especially obviously being a manager of a, a satellite tap room, but it, it's fun. It's, it's hard and some days are hard because it's just you, but um, you get to do a lot of things that you wouldn't normally get to do. Yeah. Um, and meet cool people. Yeah, definitely. and like that's part of the fun thing about having a podcast. Yeah, I was gonna like, say it's actually cool the most people. fun people I meet is through my podcast. Even though I've so I've done over sixty episodes. Wow, um, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, finally, you know, in the beginning, I was just like putting out an episode. I recorded, got the next day because I was so excited. I'm like, I can't sustain that. Um, and also like save them so you don't have to continue to just yeah. do more. So um i'll plug it you know obviously they come out every other wednesday so i had one come out last wednesday so there'll be one in two um i guess not today's wednesday so what is time yeah next wednesday (laughs) um it just gives me a chance to you know get some really good interviews in not feel rushed to do them i obviously have a full-time job this is um something i do on the side but it's all Um, kind of interconnected too which is another very oh yeah you know it's like you know people were you know i've I've got to start to meet some of my guests in person, nice. which is exciting through different conferences. And, um, that's been a lot of fun. You know, it's, I feel like I know these people cause I have on my podcast. I really get to know them within the hour an hour and a half we're talking. Yep. And then we kind of stay in touch through social media. And then when you meet them in person, you just like, I already know you. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like I know you. And they're, and you know, when I do these, I do a lot of research. I mean, I am journalism major, so I understand the, the, the importance of doing research and asking really thought out questions. And so I feel like I really know these people and it's funny. I'll ask people questions. They're like, I haven't thought about that job in forever. <laughs> never <laughs> ask it. Never ask a question. You don't already know the answer to. Right. Uh, so I should, I should probably learn that lesson. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I'll ask a question and they're like, that's a really good question. And I was like, well, I read every <laughs> news article about you. I know your, your, your mom went to the no, um, but it's fun. It's, I really, you know, I, I also challenge my guests to answer questions that are a little bit tough because, I mean, a, a podcast full of easy questions isn't very fun totally. to listeners, you know. Um, people like to hear some really, you know, tough questions in the sense that kind of have tough answers and that are really meaningful, you know. So it's a, it's a women podcast. We talked a lot about the Me Too movement that happened in beer um, and, and other, you know, tough conversations like that. And I hope people who listen, you know, take something away, whether they're a female who works in the industry, they're, they're male, they're, they're non-binary, they're, they're white, they're black, they're, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's a podcast for all. It's not just females who listen. I think I know a lot of men who listen, who really gain new perspectives from it. And to me, that just means the most. Yeah. You know, I, I never want to put somebody in the place to where they feel like they, it is their job to educate me mm-hmm. on a particular topic because that's my own job to do and it shouldn't be on somebody else to 
betray me or make me think like but if you if it brings up if it's brought up organically mm-hmm. in the podcast like like you have have a platform for that's where i come in and right. appreciate it even a more. lot of it too is just making making it okay to talk about stuff that's yeah. kind of uncomfortable it's like it's not good if you just don't look at it it's never going to get better obviously after the stuff with the brad magnet we brought it up because it would be you know a dishonor on my part to not sure. deliberately bring those up and ask and i just said what are your thoughts mm-hmm. and i just let people speak because i didn't want them to lead them a certain way i wanted them just to share what they thought and if they wanted to share experiences they could i didn't ask and that was huge. A lot of the things that I'm dealing with now, and especially the last podcast I recorded, is burnout, which is really huge in sure, the industry. Sure. Um, yeah, we get we have some really you know tough and important conversations, and um, you know I've learned a lot through my guests, and um, it's taught me to be a better person in this beer industry as well. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit? Because this is something I've been wanting to talk about for for a while now, and I never really felt. Um, it wasn't a comfort thing, but it just felt, I feel like I didn't have all the facts yeah. and I feel like you might have more facts than me. So, so can you talk, little, can you talk a little bit more about the, the, the brave noise, uh, open source, uh, brewery collab? Yeah. So the brave noise and I had Ash Elliott, the founder of it or the co-founder, I haven't been able to get Brianna Allen on. I've messaged her on Instagram, but she's probably a very busy person. <laughs> so, um, I've tried to get her on. It's been a little bit harder, but I've, uh, you know, I won't give up. Um, but yeah, so the Brave Noise Collab is essentially, it's one of those beer collaborations, those worldwide beer collaborations, which breweries brew this beer. Um, and I can't remember, I don't think there's a style, I think there's, it should be a pale ale. I don't think there's like certain ingredients you have to use. Um, but with it, what you have to do is you have to publish a code of conduct for your brewery or organization. I'm I'm sure most of it's breweries and I apologize. I'm not super familiar with it. And I've had, I had Asha Elliott on right as if after they announced it. So it's been a, it's been a couple of months. Um, so they have to publish a code of conduct. I believe Brave Noise has to approve the code of conduct um, before you can, can make this beer. And um, it's a really cool thing because what we've seen, and then you have to donate part of your proceeds to an organization that Brave Noise um, approves. They have a list of organizations on their website, one for every state. So if you don't know where to, you you want to donate it to, it's obviously a, a women supported, um, some kind of nonprofit organization. You can go to the website and they have a list, at least one for every state. They have one for Kentucky. So if you're interested, I believe it's a women's shelter in Maysville, Kentucky. I remember looking that up. That's super cool. So yeah, it's same thing. You know, it's very similar to obviously very, very similar to what like the Black is Beautiful was, yeah. the Resilience IPA. Yep. Obviously this one's, you know, very similar to the Black is Beautiful. It's for a like, you know, a drawing a blank on the word, but like a meaningful cause. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the resilience was about fires and, 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 and all these are great because the money's going to something important. Um, but the biggest thing that we're seeing, you know, as, you know, especially me who have a voice in this industry and how loud or quiet it is, you know, what we're seeing and we're talking about internally is the lack of people doing this. Um, there's a lot of breweries that aren't doing it. Um, I, in Kentucky, we don't have any that have done them right now. Um, but as of today, I believe there are five breweries in planning all in Western Kentucky, which has been spearheaded by Kate Russell, uh, owner and brewer of Hopkinsville Brewing Company. Uh, she brought up the idea or we all kind of brought up the idea a couple months ago doing it for our pink boots collab, but then we wanted to be able to, we figured other breweries would want to participate if we, we brought it up and not just doing it as a pink boots collab, because obviously there are some breweries that aren't 
part of Pink Boots because they don't have any female yeah. brewers. Yeah. Sure. But I, we know that they'd want to participate. So I believe actually today, um, when we're recording this podcast, they had a meeting, um, you know, how they're going to do the code of conduct. So what they're going to do, and I will name the breweries here in a minute because we want to shout them out. It's awesome what they're doing. They're going to all brew the same beer. Um, they're all going to pub. They're going to make a code of conduct together that they all agree on. And then they're going to, you know, publish the code of conduct for their breweries and then release the Brave Noise beer together. Um, I know in Western Kentucky, they have started a hop trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Similar to what the Little Whale Trail is for Western Kentucky, because there are actually a lot of, yeah, I say a, a lot, but yeah. for, you know, these small cities in Western Kentucky. And they're Kentucky. all like, you know, newer too, yeah. which is awesome. And they're all they're like, all newer. yeah, yeah. Um, pretty, yeah. <laughs> pretty close to each other. So it's Henderson and Henderson, Kentucky, Dry Ground in Paducah, Bridge Brew in Owensboro, Gasper in Bowling Green, obviously Hopkinsville Brewing Company, um, and maybe one more, and I won't, yeah, maybe one more. But yeah, they're all doing this together. They had a meeting over it. They ha- um, they ha- kind of have their own meetings as Western Kentucky breweries. Mm-hmm. And then I know Kate brought up the idea. All the other breweries were super excited and wanted to be a part of it and i think it's 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 really cool and i hope you know other breweries in this state or even you know just this region see it because there are i mean obviously there's not a lot of obviously no breweries in kentucky have done it but there's a there's a lot of breweries in the in in just the united states that haven't done it and you know we saw everyone come together for black is beautiful and while that's great it's like okay why stop at one of those Mm -hmm. why not do more yeah i think there's a huge opportunity for beer to be used you know I won't go so far as to say like for a force of good or whatever, that's, you don't want to try to get too high and mighty on yourself, but it can draw attention to the areas yeah. where it can actually have a little, like a, a, a tangible impact. Yeah. And even I, if that just is people having conversations about it. And if that is like, you know, obviously raising money to help people in need and to good causes well, and whatnot. And then I think what I really like about this one specifically though, is it's not just write a check and donation. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's providing trying a, to make the culture it, shift a little. Exactly. Bit. It's it's giving pen to paper accountability. Yeah. Yep. Saying, hey, yeah, at one point we definitely said this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like you see a lot of these breweries being like, okay, we're gonna have a diversity training, and we're gonna watch this video, and we're gonna brew this beer. But okay, like you yeah. can say that. The Brave Noise Collab makes you take that step further. Is you can only brew this beer and get all the you know, the images, the graphics, the labels, the approval, if you put this code of conduct in place that I believe that they have to approve. And that's just something different that we haven't seen with a lot of these other collabs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're seeing a lot with like Ukraine and um, there's a brewery out in Arizona that's just, I saw just today, they're doing one for um, like Native Americans and protecting lands. Um, It was Wilderness Brewing, I believe, started it. It's called like One Nation, One Land. So it's like, there's so many cool ways that beers can just like, you know, promote really good things or, you know, help promote really good things in the States, you know, shine light on some bad things. Obviously this, the brave noise kind of came out of something that wasn't great in beer, but it's like, okay, yes, we can brew these beers and donate the money. And that's easy. And that's what we saw a lot of issues with black is beautiful is people just brew the beer and donate the money. Well, that's, <laughs> that's pretty easy for a lot of breweries, especially the bigger breweries that did it. But it's like, how do we take that stuff farther? How do we actually, do actionable things instead of just writing a check and mailing it and then just moving on. Yeah. Like, okay, you check the box, but like of doing it, but what, what can you do to take it a step farther? And that's what a lot of us, obviously, you know, women and minorities are kind of frustrated with is like all these breweries are doing the bare minimum to say we did it. We brew the black is beautiful beer. Oh, sure. Cool. Yep. We wrote the check. We donate to this great organization, 
but you look at the staff and it's all white mm-hmm. and it's like okay how like how do we continue to fight yeah and figuring out those hows is really tough to do yeah. because it's like you know it is i mean beer is just it's i get you can uh make the historical argument like it was just a import german irish immigrants and it was a man's game but historically beer has not been a man's game historically Women it's brewers. been yeah. primarily by <laughs> women and it really i guess wasn't probably until like the the dark ages mm-hmm. and whatnot when the monasteries kind of kept those traditions alive that <laughs> the men in the, in the catholic church <laughs> kind of like got uh hierarchical control over that because it was a good way to make profit and it was a good way to kind of like have a product that everybody wants to come get or whatever so I think it's, you know, gotten to be kind of a, I wouldn't say like an old boys club yeah. or whatever, but there's definitely like some broiness to it. I think, I, I really do think the days of just like people thinking of brewers just as men and flannels is over. And yes, yeah. we'll still make those jokes. And I find them incredible. Yeah, well. As, <laughs> you're not a brewer. Hey, flannel isn't very practical. Oh, I wear uh, flannel. I know. But like, how's, how's my beard? Yeah. <laughs> like, I think the days of like those jokes annoy me because I don't see that anymore it's like i'm so over pink feeling like it's people wear flannels and beards it's like if we keep doing if we still continue to make those jokes then yes it's gonna stay that way and and then i will touch one more thing on my podcast it's like you know when i ask you know questions i don't ask anymore i, I did in the beginning and and i've learned and grown i don't ask what it's like to be a female in beer because what i do is i just have a conversation with someone yeah. in beer like because they belong because you know, if you ask what it's like to be a woman in beer, we're taking five steps back. And you're almost framing of, the argument. I've never been asked what it's like to be a woman yeah. in beer. And yeah, you don't right. ask them. So I'm like, I, and it's like, you, we want to normalize it. You know, I just want to talk to Kate from Hopkinsville yeah, about just, just like, friend, you know? what kind of beer she likes. Yeah. Like, what's her, pre- like, because then if you just listen to that conversation, it becomes normal. Yeah. It's, it re- reframes the whole thing. It's not like, yeah. oh man, she's a woman in beer. It's like, no, she just works in beer. Yeah. It doesn't matter her gender. And I think it is getting better, you know, the female representation and, and, and even, you know, non-binary and just minority, you know, black and brown people is so much bigger in beer right now because there's, yes, there's such more of an emphasis, but you know, there's more of an open space, you know, the Me Too movement, what it did is it, it shines light on all those bad apples. And we got rid of those bad apples. Yes, there's some that are still hiding under all the other good apples. But if you're bad apple and beer, you're going to get called out and you're going to face the consequences. Well, beer is like it, in, in and of itself. It's like something that humans evolved with mm-hmm. as a way to kind of come together and form social bonds and all that kind of stuff. So having it be an environment where everybody feels welcome. And Mm -hmm. if you're anybody on the planet or anybody in, if we're here in the United States or in Louisville, however local you want to make it, but you should be able to see yourself going into a place and being comfortable. And, you know, just going back to kind of like a marketing storytelling Mm -hmm. thing is like, that's kind of a good first step is just to start saying, hey, like, this is a welcoming place for everybody. And yeah. doing those doing those small little actions just projects that message. It tells that story. Be, it's, a, be a third space. Yeah. 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 And, and Michael can touch about this. It's like, think about your social media. Go through your social media. Who does your social media appeal to? If it's just, you know. Bros. <laughs> if it's just yeah. men on your social media, like, subconsciously, like, you don't think about that. But, like, subconsciously, uh, like other people do and like I just from a marketing perspective it's like hey if that's your audience like whatever but you're missing out on a whole like 
bunch right. of customers just that you can get in your Just post pictures of cans of beer. If you, <laughs> if you don't know how to do it, just post cans of beer. Yeah, sure. I, uh, I'm not gonna... I just realized I have the squeaky chair that yeah, you talked yeah, about. Yeah, the squeaky chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, this entire episode counts as the high wire reference. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're, you're um, very good, David. Uh, just to touch on that real fast, though, uh, right around, and I'm not going to name names, but with my old agency, um, during the, the blackout Tuesday event on social yeah, media, yeah. where brands were kind of taking a, a stand, um, I worked with a, a certain uh, Kentucky beverage company not related to beer, um, <laughs> who kind of struggled with that for a couple of days. They didn't know how to respond, mm-hmm. if they even need to respond. And if they do respond, how does that look? What does that look like? Um, fast forward, like a couple weeks later, they decided, hey, you know what? We need to start reaching out to some, some more some to, to our influencers and make sure that they're people of color and have better representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we reached out to one person uh, who was based out of Cincinnati and she looked at the, the Instagram page mm-hmm. and the first thing she said was, I understand what you're doing. I'm thankful for it, but I'm not going to be the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because right now, every single person, and they, they were right, literally every single person going back for, for years of Instagram posts was white and primarily male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you bring up that point. I, I, you can also, um, what am I trying to say? It's the same thing when you're looking for jobs too. Like if you're looking for a job and you don't know what breweries you want to work for, a good indication is to go to their social media. Sure. Did they post, you know, something about the Blackout Tuesday? Did they post the International Women's Day post? Are they doing these beer collabs? You know, when all this Me Too movement com- came out, did they post a statement? Those are first really good indicators of coming. This is a company that cares, that will publicly share share that they care. You know, some don't do it publicly, but maybe they're doing it really great internally and you won't be able to figure that out. But those are, you know, or just like your shopping habits, like go to a brewery social media, figure out if they care about yeah. these issues. Well, and if you're somebody who like manages your, you know, company social media is like yeah. when you, when you, it's often said in food and stuff, but I always say in a beer is like, you know, you taste with your eyes first. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to introduce somebody to your brand, uh, their first taste of your company is likely going to be through social mm-hmm. media. Yeah. So if you, that's just, it's a good way to kind of it, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of like virtue signaling or anything like that, but it's, I think very good to a be mindful of it and just to have it be part of your corporate culture, just mm-hmm. to have it be like, you know, we're aware that maybe like little flail trail is a company that's uh, absolutely three white dudes, but we want to, I mean, we we're, we are try very hard to make yeah. sure that we don't only talk to ourselves. Yeah. And we want to talk to everybody. I would say you all, all of you reach out to me about my, I mean, you, you are very aware you're three white male dudes who are doing this, but you'll reach out to me. You'll reach out to other people in this industry who, you know, are, you know, to go things over to get a different perspective. And that's really important because if you're just doing it like, Oh, I think this is how we do it. Like, yeah. And that's how it's gotten this way too. Is that you're just going back to maybe the Catholic church taking over it all. Mm-hmm. It just becomes an echo chamber mm-hmm. yeah. and then those become the norms. And so, you know, if people, I'm sure there are people on different ends of the political spectrum that feel different ways about things. And if you're someone who's like more like conservative or libertarian or whatever you want to say, you, you know, some of this stuff might, make you like, oh, well, these people are just doing this for blah, blah, blah. But it really is actually kind of a pushback against, it's not like it's, it's not like it's necessarily natural that this is how it is. Mm -hmm. Beer 
and the world should be a cohesive place. Yeah. There shouldn't be these little bubbles and pockets of, I don't know, just it's, it's identity politics on both sides. So yeah. being broad and being open and just having a good mindful approach to it, where it's part of your corporate culture, I think is just, and Huge. I will say one of the biggest things, you know, I hear from people is like, oh, I don't want to get politics involved in this. Well, pol- beer is politics. <laughs> yeah. Everything is politics. <laughs> like, even, or even culture, you know. You it's need like, certain Senate bills to be passed yeah. to help get self-distribution. You need, you know, Congress to pass so you can ship beer. Like, no offense, saying I don't want to get politics involved in this is just lazy. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Everything it's, is policy oriented. Yeah everything and a lot of it again like we were talking about the kind of the the executive order that biden did about opening up competition and stuff like that and it kind of the same thing it's not like this is us trying to like change the world it's trying to make the world go back to normal (laughs) as from all the credit crap that's been just the detritus of history or whatever i got really lost during that conversation i did too (laughs) i did too i was like i know john's making sense but it's not making sense to me we take it's uh if you ask a fish like how's the water today the fish is like well it's water yeah so we all kind of live in this environment and it's easy to kind of take this as the natural state but if you look at it historically like it's not the natural state everybody beers there's no reason that beer is like a perceived as a white man's like industry or whatever like a beer bro or whatever so taking active steps to change that is good socially uh it's good politically and then it's also good economically Mm -hmm. because it broadens your market and it just promotes more butts in chairs which is what any kind of good and uh, (laughs) business wants and the the last thing i'll say because i could talk about this conversation for three hours and i know we all don't want to be here (laughs) it's like beer is not the only industry doing this wine no 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 wine is having it yeah Bourbon is having it. Spirits are having it. I was just, you know, Louisville just hosted the Craft Beverage Expo and we had a Women in Beer Expo and there was bourbon, there was bourbon there, there was wine there, there was all of us and we're all like talking about the same thing. Yeah, that's super cool. I know, obviously, we just hear beer a lot because that's what we're in, but like, gosh, we are... Imagine being a, a, a black woman CEO of a bourbon company in Louisville. Right. There is one. Yeah. And she, I can't imagine her, you know, she walks in with her husband, they go to her husband first, like, and she's, they're like, she's like, no, I'm just here to take pictures. Right. <laughs> like, so like, this is just not a beer problem. So, you know, if you, if you follow the beer industry, you might get annoyed with it because you're seeing a lot. Well, you're, you see it everywhere as well. So I'll kind of end on that. Yeah. Is my last point, because like I said, I could talk about this for totally. three hours. I will also, let me end it on this though. I'm on my, you can end on your note. Yeah. I remember. Like it also, um, I'll say it has to do with, with servers that don't drink beer, uh, that make those assumptions. Um, because I remember really random memory, like three years ago, I was at dinner with my parents and, uh, this, this middle-aged woman, uh, who was our server, she came to us, she told my dad and I the the beer list, Mm -hmm. and then she told my mom the wine list. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, we've got a nice cosm, apple teeny. Yeah. I was like, no, my my mom actually wants the beer. (laughs) She probably likes it more than my dad does. That's my mom. My mom too. She's like, start. She started with wine, but then kind of like discovered that that's a great way to kind of taste bourbon barrel stouts and stuff. And now she's like, well, my she's mom equal opportunity. Texted me the other day that she had a smoked beer. Nice. I'm like, mom, that's a smoked beer. Speaking she's of like, which, I kind of want to try. I this. had no, oh, that's a, see, transition. Yeah, you're she proud. was Look drinking one of Gravely's smoked beers, and she was like, I really liked it. I was uh, like, smoke signals. Yes, that's great. She was like, I didn't know what it was. I just saw it was Louisville, so I ordered it, and I was, she's, I was like, mom, that's a smoked beer, and she's like, it was really good. So speaking of smoked beers, we just yes. cracked a Grzyzki. 
Grzyski from Dovetail that Kenzie brought. So I've had these in my fridge for a while. And, and I don't, it's still holding up. It's fine. It's yeah. great. I don't like smoked beers, and it's a beer you need to share with people. So I brought it, and Dovetail is absolutely fantastic. So, these are usually beechwood, but this smells a little bit more oh, wow. cherry or oaky or something. Do they say what they... Oh, yeah, oak smoke. Okay. It smells like a fire pit. Yeah, it like, really does. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you make, well, makes you say my that. eyes burn like so, a fire pit. <laughs> so Kenzie says that, but she's admitted to me that she doesn't even like going to bonfires. Yeah, I don't like bonfires. I, I don't like the smell. The smoke, of, you get the smoke follows beauty effect, where like no matter uh, where you see? sit, the smoke blows right into your face. See, this and I get headaches. Lovely. Yeah, no, I feel you. So Gradisky is one of my favorite styles, so I really appreciate you bringing this well, one. Well, it tastes yeah. like a fire pit to me. <laughs> You were just at um. You were just in Austin. Yeah, I, I was um, just where David and I missed each other for a week, <laughs> or by a week. Yes, I was in Austin. Austin is an amazing town. Yeah, yeah, great beer town. You you did not go to Live Oak. I did not. Who makes my favorite Grzyski in America? But I did bring home a six pack, which I had. I know when I went up to the counter, she was going to tell me my bag was overweight, so I just uh, had my credit card ready. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you like shotgun a beer or well, something. Well, she was like, it's seven pounds overweight. Can you take anything out? And seven I was pounds. like, I can drink seven pounds of well, beer in five minutes. Allegiant. Yeah. It's yeah, 40 yeah. instead right. of 50. Okay. And I was thinking okay. 50. I was like, this is not 50. But I was just, I just knew. I was like, I had two six packs, a 12 pack. It was worth it. I agree. If any of our listeners have never had a Grzyzki, this is interesting. Uh, I think we might be working on one with Fall City, so we'll have a local example. Uh, is anybody else in town have a good smoked beer on right now? Against the Grain has always got some kind of a smoked thing on. So, not, so we're not talking about Grzyzkis, but just in general smoke, um, or just any smoked beers if people want to try them. Yeah, uh, like, traditionally, like back Kenzie in the just day, said, like, uh, uh, Gravely has smoke signals on. I think that was on even just last week. Yeah, so that's still around. This is interesting. Uh, yeah, it is interesting. Um, we're talking about kind of you know beer history a little bit but you know part of the brewing process after you kind of moisten the grain and let it start to germinate and then dry it out that's called malting it breaks down a lot of the starches and carbohydrates into more fermentable sugars and stuff but back in the day they used to have to you know kiln them and the only way to do that was with like smoked fires and stuff like that so a lot of beer historically whether they meant to or not probably had a little bit of that flavor into it um, sure. but it's really cool that people kind of keep that alive and a good Gorzitsky is a good beer. Are they typically lower ABV? This is 3.8%. They're often sessionable. Yeah. Those, that's just however it's designed. Yeah. Like the Rauch beer is like the biggest kind of one that you see in Germany and stuff like that. Um, but it's just designed to be light, sessionable. And the the smokiness kind of almost acts like a little bit of like a, like a, it almost affects your palate the same way as like barrel aging. You get those tannins yep. out or like mm. a little bit of IBUs to kind of counter sweetness. It just adds that little bit of kind of bite. It's, it's a beer dryness. that can be enjoyed winter or summer mm -hmm. uh great with like food or something like that too uh, barbecue or chicken or like whatever yeah or tofu on the grill we do a lot of that because <laughs> like people talk about like stout season in the middle of winter and that's yeah. true that sounds great but if you just want something to satisfy that without actually getting like a high abv stout this does the trick every time yeah any good whiskey it's you love it <laughs> i love it it's very i get the citrus which is insane but it, it i'm not kidding you it kind of burns my eyes like a way a fire pit would be if it was blowing in your face maybe, maybe you have that same effect where if you like get hammered on tequila and you get all that pain anytime you smell it you're like remembering yeah. the bad times it's like this smells like the it's time that my eyes fell out all those all those bonfires that kenzie was around when she was 21 yep. popping those michelob ultra caps in her pocket to keep hey, count of how many beers yes tried. because of lake house that is actually maybe very um my parents have a lake house lots of fires that's exactly you just you just brought back the make ultra reference um there was a poll that was done 
it was, I think it was just released today or yesterday by uh, YouGov. But yeah, this is, I'm going to, we're going to, it's a little bit of an interactive segment here. They, I think it was by volume, but they uh, basically got the stats on the 10 most sold beers by volume in America last year. Top 10. Do you guys want to make any guesses? Uh, we can just, we can start with number 10 or you guys can just guess. Let's, I'll tell let's, you let's go list. back and forth. Okay. By volume? Yeah, and I will tell you, there's almost no surprises in here. Oh. <laughs> and we're going by skew specifically, not just brewery? I, I believe it's just by how much of that beer got drank so, in America. So not just Budweiser, but you're also talking like Bud Light Lime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's specific brands. Okay. Yeah, like uh, products. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. number one, I'm going to go Bud Light. That is number two. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I'll go with Coors Light. Uh, that is number five. Mick Ultra is number one. Number six. Oh. Uh, when, when they get to being obscure, Hats, I'll, uh, I'll spill the secrets. Not, didn't make the cut. Really? Sorry, PBR. We love um, you. Um, shoot. I'm down said, we, Miller Lite. That is number three. Oh, okay. Uh, hold on. I think I got, I got number one. Uh, High Life. Not on there. God. Surprisingly. Um, What's wrong with these people? Oh, gosh. What? Oh, um, duh. Oh my gosh! Um, I know, I know. Never the other ones are kind of surprises to me. I would have not. That's not where my head would have immediately gone. What's a really cheap beer you drink in college? You buy like a whole twenty-four pack of it. Like, oh, Natty. Natty Light. Not in the top ten. I'm sure that's Bush number eleven. Bushlight's number seven. That's in that same vein. Keystone. That that should be on there, and we should talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, but that did not make the cut. Number ten was Bud Light Platinum. Which is like cool. basically their malt liquor version yeah. of Bud Light. Oh man, I got, oh, I got, I got drunk on that <laughs> in, in college. Obviously, number nine, Bud Light Lime. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I do admit I have crushed a six pack of Bud Light Lime. Where, what are we? What's number one? Number eight, Amstel Light, which I did not expect to show. Heineken. Ooh. Heineken is number four. You nailed it. Heineken yeah. Light specifically, but yeah. we'll, we will accept it. And number one. Is it like you're, old you're, Milwaukee? in, you're, you're in the same, Milwaukee's you're, best? That is not it, but I sure uh, that's up there. You're in the right vein of thinking Heineken, uh, even though corona. it's not jerk. There you go. Oh. Yeah. yeah, number one, Corona. What's wrong with us? Yeah, I guess they just We're, sell so freaking. We much need to of that find stuff. our beach. Yeah, I know exactly. So anyway, I just so thought Modelo's that was kind of interesting. There. No, no Modelo, no I Modelo. Could, I love Look, Modelo. I'm, I'm, I'm bougie. I like a good Pacifico. Pacifico's great. Pacifico's yeah, some totally. good beer. Yeah, it's great. I almost also like a sucker for Mexican lagers in the summer. Yeah. Although a lot of people like make those locally now too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, my whole point in doing this would then be to like I was gonna uh, I was gonna promote your all's just American light lager. If this is like the top ten selling beers in America, obviously Americans have a thirst for light, crisp, crushy, crispy Krodinskis. beers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they want the smoke. If you are one of those people, to be honest, they're all chain smoking and, and down in their Amstel light anyway. So it's like... kind of the same like effect basically. <laughs> um. Highly encourage you. Obviously, our listeners are all big Bud Light drinkers and all that kind of stuff. We're really uh, preaching the choir here. But go to a local brewery and try their lager. We have such good yeah. lagers made here locally. Well, Everything from, uh, this is High Wires. I freaking, hey, just love these cans. They're just yeah. nice, light, tall mm. boys, good lawnmower beer. Um, you're also fantastic. I mean, every almost every brewery in town these Paul days Cities, has an excellent Pilsner, lager. Yeah, West Six Mexican Cerveza. Yeah, the Cerveza or, or the Cerveza. Yeah, um, 
So if a you're a crispy roll mm-hmm. against grain, yeah. Yep. I mean, you can't if no, you can't go wrong with a good logger, a good craft logger. I mean, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yes. people go wrong with loggers because <sighs> loggers are hard to make and they yeah. take time. Uh, and but they, that's a really, really good space, one. Yeah, but when they're good. They're great. They're great. <laughs> I think that's the against the green motto great. or something like that. Um, well, let's see. Oh, gosh, we've been going for about an hour. I talk a lot. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I got more stuff we could talk about, but we do want to be respectful of your time. Um, We're going to cut all this out, right? No, this is this is all staying in the podcast. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> Anything else that you had on your list, Michael? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Kinsey's been talking about... All of her... Ah, oh, we have our surprise beer. Love of, of you know, beer. But what she didn't mention uh, before is... My uh, love of wine. Is uh, <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Is that the love of beer also bleeds into her house uh, with her two favorite creatures. Oh, I was like... Uh, two uh, wonderful Isn't Oberon Day soon? <gasps> Monday! Yeah, Oberon. Two, so Kenzie has two dogs named after beer. Well, Otto's a human. Beer related beer. A beer related dog names, names, yes. But in the spirit of Oberon uh, and being Bells, I thought I'd bring in a beer that's going to be special, but also something I know you're not going (laughs) to (laughs) like. The 35th anniversary Expedition Style that we can all try right now. Hell yeah. So we can say that you've had it. Hell yeah. Yeah, so it'll be weird to talk about my dog's names and not explain what they are. Yes. Oh gosh, 11.5%. Uh, my dog. I have two dogs. My first name is Oberon, and yes, he is named after the beer. Oberon Day is March 21st. If you're here in Louisville, we will be throwing a big party. At I mean, it should be on Monday. Yeah. It should come out if you're listening to this. Today. Yeah. Yeah, we're throwing a big party at PG&J, so come hang with us. They're tapping it. If you've never been to the dog park bar either, you're missing out. Go to PB&J's in general, but yeah, specifically your, today. There's your earplug for them. They are a Louisville Oil Trails they work with you all. Yeah, they're awesome. And then my other dog is named Otto. He is named after Otto Dewar, the first brewer at Fall City. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I actually did not know that. that they named their uh, Bach after, or their Oktoberfest yeah, after Otto, 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 Otto Fest? Fest. Yeah, Otto Fest. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. Um, I didn't know that. It's a great name. <laughs> great name. <laughs> Whenever I need a name, I just text Michael. I'm like, Michael, I need a name for this. <laughs> he came up with that. And, you know, they're my two, they're my two O's. Heck yeah. Well, they're both So if I'm not... Working or whatever, you can usually find me at the dog park bar, the dog park, or just drinking with my dogs. <laughs> so just for context, uh, this Expedition Stout, like I said, it's the 35th anniversary Expedition Stout Reserve. It's an extra special Russian ugh, yeah. Imperial Stout. Ukrainian Stout. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Expedition Stout is the longest brewed Imperial Stout in the U.S. First brewed in 1989 to be robust enough to oh. hold up to time and travel. Uh, we couldn't think of a better beer to honor for our 35th anniversary. We've brewed a special, stronger version for your cellar, your travels, or those special occasions of your own. This was packaged on September 3rd, 2020. So. It's 2020, so that's two years. Yeah. Well, almost. Wait, that's like last year and a half ago. I'm just kidding. So yeah, 11 and a half percent out of bells. Rich, toffee, tootsie roll, aroma. I have such bad sinus issues I can't smell anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad like to be to be like a person in beer because I never can smell anything. <laughs> Especially in like the Ohio Valley. Yeah, it smells like cake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's holding up great. Super rich, super creamy. It's really good. Clings on the front of your tongue. Just very sweet. 
But it's really, sweet, got but that not annoying. it's got that balance. There's yeah. a little bite, bite the in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it moves this. towards the back of your tongue. I'm just, I should be a beer judge. Basically. Yeah. Basically, uh, that's really easy. Yeah, uh, a nice. lot, a lot of chocolate there in the back of the back of the tongue. What do you think about um, the whole Bell's New Belgium merger acquisition? Do you guys think it'll uh, anything will change, or you think it'll mostly just be I, you can still go buy too hard? And yeah, no, I, on. yeah, I think nothing will change. Just I mean, more money between the two, and kind of just doing dogfish head and Sam yeah. Adams or Boston beer did. It's strange to see all these like mergers and acquisitions, but I think, you know, at the end of the day, the way I look at it is if we ever want to see like yeah. craft beer show up on one of these lists, it somebody it's like nobody's at the scale to be able to rival ABM no. Bev yeah. or uh, whatever, whoever owns Miller now. Like Heineken, I think is the biggest selling beer in the world. Listen, or Corona might be, I don't know. Sam Cruz owns a t-shirt that I want. Yeah. And it says craft beer is dead. Yeah. And I that resonates with me. Yeah. I think it is uh, for, for a few different reasons. One, what does craft beer even mean yep. when they move the goalposts every year to be included in, in the Brewers Association mm-hmm. uh, for Boston awesome. Beer Company? I yeah, mean, when, exactly. When they're, right. when they're number one beer brand, is uh the truly truly and, and like what does that mean anymore so if companies like bells and new belgium even if they have a parent company somewhere else yeah if they're keeping to their message that they've always had they've always been huge community advocates mm-hmm. as well oh, new belgium's like a b corp or, or yeah. certified like yeah. it's it's new belt and bells is right there with them and so many different sustainability efforts and, and community efforts i don't care it's 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 all no i mean i do care but like no yeah i know what you mean <laughs> i do obviously care um it's all about the idea of like drink domestic mm-hmm. drink beer that you want to drink yep um yeah i mean the thing is i believe larry bell's children or daughter didn't want to take over yeah. and so he did the next best thing for him yeah. and his family and yep. he's gonna retire and have a great retirement and bells and new belgium will be in fine hands yeah it I goes think, back to that like the culture starts at the top yeah. thing and he, they they're both as far as i am aware and then you know knowing people who work for them and whatnot yeah they seem like really good corporate cultures well, i mean we, well, we were just talking about it what two months ago last month monster energy drink buying yeah. out craft beer portfolios yeah, exactly now. so like yeah. what does craft beer mean anymore is it more of a stylistic thing is it a, is it it's a, a marketing state of mind it's a marketing marketing like word. i i i love and appreciate the ba and what they've done over the years and and I think their work is still important, mm-hmm. but the the independent bottle thing on the side of yeah. their of their uh, labels now it's that really like, doesn't mean much to me anymore. Yeah. Well, Wicked Weeds owned by Ebb. There used to be, you know, I'd only buy with if it had the independent seal on there. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, yes, obviously you still want to, but it, it's not hard for me to buy a Bell's beer. Or I mean, I guess technically they no, I guess they wouldn't be independent anymore, but it's not hard for me to buy, you know, like a Boston, I mean, I guess technically there, but that still doesn't matter <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. what it used to be. And I think as long as you're supporting a good company, you know, or a good brand, who cares what you drink? And again, yeah. going back and looking at it historically, like it used to be that all the, the only reason we have all these different styles of beer, you know, from Hefeweizens to lagers, to stouts, to export stouts, uh, to Grzyzki's, to like, you know, all these things. is because different regions of the world that both had their own things. And it wasn't really until the Industrial Revolution that like, you know, companies like Carlsberg and Pilsner Raquel, like, and uh, Vinstefaner got huge market share just because they got there first. And then 
you even saw a lot of diversification after that with all the little small breweries that came in America and all that kind of stuff. And then all that got shut down by prohibition artificially. And there was the big guys left craft beer kind of was a response against that, trying to change the perception of beer. Like they used to market it as uh, the beer, the, the alcohol that won't make you go home and hit your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, they literally, were also, no, like, literally, uh, cause it wasn't a spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And, and during, during prohibition and whatnot, European, after. It's, you know, in just European cultures, it's meant to be enjoyed. It's, not better, yeah. it's better than soda. Like, I mean, and like a uh, uh, pasteurized bitter free. Like, yeah, it was just homogenous, like whatever. So, if craft beer is dead, I think that means that craft beer won to some extent or is winning. It's a very philosophical point of view. It's, you know, we've captured the market share. We're growing up. We're showing up. We're glowing up, whatever you want to call it. All glowed up. Yeah. And we want to do <laughs> Against it the grain, it's all glowed up. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, when I tell people, they're like, what do you do? I was like, oh, I work in the beer industry. I don't work in the craft beer industry. Yeah. I right. work in the beer industry. Craft is, I mean, you can say, cra- like, there's craft bourbon, there's craft wine. Like, what does that even mean? It was supposed to meant small and independent. Yeah. It's like artisanal. Yeah. <laughs> I work in the artisanal yeah. beer industry. Well, so I, mean, I, don't, that, I don't mean to, uh, this is maybe a, a wrong parallel, so correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of what you said earlier, what's it like being a woman in the beer industry? No, you just work in the beer industry. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like. Yeah. What's it like being Kinsey, like, in yeah. the beer industry? Or, you know? Just like, what's it like wow. being a craft brewery? <laughs> What's it like being a craft brewery in the beer industry? It's like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a brewery yeah. in the beer industry. I make beer. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. make beer just like everybody else. I just have and, a smaller system. And yes, yep. it started calling craft and we're probably going to call it craft. And obviously I'm not going to yell at anyone who calls it craft, but no, maybe I will. I will, I'm I will say I had a weird conversation with somebody recently that is, is very young and new to the scene. That's a great beer and I, I wanted like, to down it. Uh, <laughs> it's 11 and a half percent. I'm sure it kills Would all Would you rather have this or the Grzyski? <laughs> Oh gosh, the grids get the. I can't even say it. The grids, the grids, yeah, that beer because I will not be able to drive home. Yeah, that was a, that. that's, that's totally fair. Um, but no, I was, I was talking to somebody recently who's kind of young and, and fresh to the scene, not even really in the scene at all. Uh, but she was she wanted to learn about um, the, the beer space, and she had to interview me, I think, for for a paper or something, and and she was asking me these questions. Is this the 1980s, the paper? Oh, like a paper in college. (laughs) He's a newsman. I thought you meant the newspaper. (laughs) Like the paper, the Sunday paper. No, no, no. A paper. Uh, Also, well, never mind. Um, But... Was that on TikTok? I don't get it. (laughs) But she was like, so do you only drink ales, or or are you you good with things like, um, like, yeah. and i was like i don't know like i mean no i'm i'm good with loggers i'm good with, 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 with you know sour like i don't know i'm not good just with drinking, loggers and ales yeah, yeah like i'm not i'm not just drinking ales and then it took me a second that she was referring to all craft beer as ales yeah, oh, yeah. and it took me like two sentences for her to say that in an example it's like oh so is that so is that the perception of people that are outside of the the industry you're not familiar with the with the beer space to think that oh craft beer that we're calling it right now that's somehow mm-hmm. an ale yeah well i can tell you somebody who talks to new people getting interested in it every day 100 yes mm-hmm. people it's very it's very confusing we take it for granted again because like hey how's the water today what's water like we live and breathe <laughs> this stuff like drink it as much beer as water probably but like it's a, there's a lot going on like it's ales lagers then it's like stouts box Doppelbox, porters. What's mm-hmm. the difference between a porter and a stout? That's a whole other like conversation. 
Um, there's some Guinness over there. I know as well. Will my my favorite thing and and it busts their hearts is that people come in and like I really like ales. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, <laughs> all cool. right. Here's two thirds of the menu. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what do you like to drink? Then like I love Bud Light. And I'm like, no, you think they think yeah, Bud Light's an ale because like for reasons who knows. But who knows? so is that something that we can do? Is just to help educate people. Not we. Like, I always tell people trailer. too. Like, um, I was like wow. that's like the only good thing about Untapped, in my opinion, is that, and no one uses it this way, but it's a way to kind of remember what you drank, mm-hmm. and then if you're like, hey, I really liked this beer, I really liked this uh, Italian Pilsner. That's not a bad example because it says Pilsner in the title, but like, I really liked this, you know, beer that I had at High Wire. Uh, low pitch or something like that like what is that and then you can go on untapped you can figure out the style or you can go to your website and figure out actually high wires all i'm talking really fast right now high wire usually tells you the uh, ingredients and stuff like that they'll give you a clue of kind of what goes into that yeah the i believe the which as a home brewer i even like our cans have like the hops yeah like the level of malt hops and color so i think you know just being mindful while you drink uh is the best way to make that not intimidating and the research is fun. Yeah. You know? And so, like, obviously, when people come in, like, I really like ales. I don't make them feel stupid. And I'm you like, oh. Fucking idiot. <laughs> These are all ales. I mean, there's times <laughs> I want to. Yeah, that's but I'm just like, oh, like, so you're probably just, and I, I educate them. I'm like, you know, you're probably thinking of lagers. There's two types of beers. There's an ale. I mean, yes. There's two types of beers. There's a lager and an ale. And an ale is this and this. And then, like, they're like, oh. And they, some of them really appreciate the clarification because the next time they don't feel as exactly. stupid going yeah. in. And, it, and that goes back to that whole thing of just, you know, we could talk about appealing to a diverse population of people. Yeah. Appealing to people who only drink Bud Light is another huge way to kind of bring people into the fold, introduce them to things they're mm-hmm. uncomfortable with, yeah. get them to broaden their horizons. Like... Beer is going to make the world a better place when we all come in and drink together, basically. So not making people feel stupid, but just using it to be like, oh, yeah, here's something I love. Like, here's some information about it if you want to know more. Or if not, here's some beer. <laughs> like, yeah. you can go or enjoy it. You know, here's the closest <laughs> thing to we have a Bud Light. Yeah. You'll enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> it's, it's beer share culture, too. Like, totally. just also amongst friends and just talking to people that you know. I mean, hey, yeah, I think you might like this, so I wanted to bring this you to try yeah yeah or yeah same thing with wines you know finding a nice little like you know a frambois or yeah totally a nice sour a very wild sour you know just there's if they like bourbon finding a good dark exactly beer, you know bourbon, bourbon girl stout or something aged. Yeah. you know everyone says oh i don't like beer it's like no they just haven't found that one beer exactly. that changes them so if you have people in your life who are like anti-beer it's like find that one beer that you think they'll like and start letting them explore, find similar styles, find, you know, eight different bourbon barrel age, and then maybe just go to a style and then maybe just go to a porter, go yeah. to a, a, a barley wine. And, and make them a shandy. And, like. and if you're, and if you have any friends out there that, that are seltzer fans, well, I'll tell you what, you should try mountain, mountain water. water from High so Water. It's yeah, actually beer really for your seltzer I'm friends. making myself not drink it because I drank <laughs> it's too so much. so good. It's like, yeah, like, it literally yeah. is like the ambrosia like, coming trickling down from the Appalachian Like I don't mountains. know what kind of sorcery Highwire did to make it, but it is so good. Yeah, it's like like I that. will be having it in my fridge to the day 
I die if they're still making it. And even if I'm not working at Highwire, if I'm living in like <laughs> England, I'm going to be like, you need to shit me yeah. mountain water. <laughs> oh, so that's the thing. Like I, what, what is mountain water? It's I don't, a, I don't even remember what it is. It's a beer. It's, we call it a, oh gosh, now that I don't, you had a can over here last time I was in here. So I was like, maybe it's like, I think, I think it's considered a, yeah, a, a, a citrus ale or a, I'm going to, and essentially it's a beer, but we used the four ingredients. Like people are like, it doesn't taste like a beer. Well, it, like technically it is because yeah. it's made with hops, water, yeast. Yeah. My impression is um, it's just like a very, it's like um, an adjuncted beer. So in, instead of just using pure barley, they throw some other stuff in there just to lighten it up. Basically it's all fermentable sugar. So you could use corn sugar, cane sugar, mm -hmm. rice sugar, um, which is a lot of what is used in like, Bud Light, Miller Light, but all the, that kind of the stuff. The crazy thing about it, it's got the same carb, calorie yeah. content of a 12-ounce serving of a seltzer. So if you are looking to watch your calories, carbs, whatever, and you want to still have a beer, yeah. a, good, a very good beer. I just, um, I appreciate those for just like <laughs> day it's drinking. A citrus, <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's a citrus splash ale. This is really bad Great. radio. I love, I love Citrus <laughs> Or radio. This is really bad radio. The point Splash is, Ales are my favorite. Five out of five. Get some high water, or get some uh, mountain water from high water. Yes, Keep it in your we have fridge. it. It's our new core, so it'll always be on tap and in cans. What, what, I, what I do like about it is, like, it, it's different and it's light. And it's so, new. I've never seen a product exactly okay. like that. Citrus Splash okay. Easy Drinking Ale. Perfect. Yeah, y'all nailed that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know of anybody in the country that I've had yeah. that's yeah. done anything similar. Yeah. Uh, it is so good. I have not been able to get this description out of my mind since I first tasted it, but yes. it, it's, it's Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. So Highwire doesn't like us to describe it to people as like Fruity Pebbles or Fruit Loops, but it's but just it like is. Fruity Pebbles or Fruit Loops. Yeah. Imagine that, but beer but is not like super cloyingly, like sugary. It's like no. still light and crispy, but it's got that aroma it's and the flavor. Essence. Yeah, like essence. you're yeah. gonna want to drink this in the summer on the lake. No, I want it now, like in, 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 in <laughs> February, <laughs> March. I, I, I want it when it's ten feet Wait, of snow. Outside. Can I buy a keg of it? Probably. Um, yeah. I just realized what I'm gonna, gonna put on my kegerator. I'm gonna get a keg of. Uh, Michael's gonna come in water. once a week for a half barrel of mountain water. Finish it more, already. More, sir. <laughs> More. I mean, honestly, because that's the thing about having a kegerator, and the reason why I actually haven't pulled the trigger or anything, I'm trying to think of like, what do I want to have? What, a whole 60, keg of, 60 yeah. beers of? You can get a like six stools. You can get pony kegs or whatever. Yeah. Too. You just let me know when you want that six of mountain water. I'll get it for you. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Sold. <laughs> this is not a thing I'm going to do for everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. Special, special occasion for special people. Well, speaking of special people, thank you for coming on our you're podcast, welcome. Kinsey. If you guys are listening and you like beer podcasts. Yeah, you're way better than David. <laughs> yeah, David. Uh, sorry, David, bro. if you want to keep your job, bring me back some more Live Oak pills. Yes. Or, or Grodiski. <laughs> we'll drink that. Um, we'll put links down below, but go subscribe to Boys Are From Marzen and come see Kinsey down at Highwire, parking in the back. Great beer. Great mountain water. Like flowing where the where the mountain water flows like wine or whatever they say. Uh, the Dumb and Dumber like reference where the beer flows like wine. Anyway, I'm old. You guys are young. It's okay. Never seen that movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> what so I figured. I know. I always like saying that. It makes people really angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not angry, but that's I'm just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. That too. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll see you guys again next week. And for those of you on our Patreon, thank you so much. We cannot thank you enough. Uh, yeah, we hope you've enjoyed the uh, absence of David and the addition of Kinsey this week aesthetically. Um, and to everybody else, have a good week. Cheers.
Hey, Kinsey, remember that thing you said about how you've gotten much better at podcasting like over the first uh, dozen episodes or so? We just realized you didn't give us your show and tell because we forgot to ask you about it. Um, but in addition to sharing good beer. Thank you. As you were, yeah, thank yes. you. As you were saying, it's fun to kind of get to know the people behind it and stuff. Right. So what did you bring to share? So it took me a while to figure out what I wanted to bring. I couldn't bring my dogs. I mean, I guess I could have. I don't know how Frankie would have. Frankie, uh, Frankie. He's but usually everyone knows I love my dogs. Um, so what I brought, so I mentioned earlier, um, I was a journalism major and I covered a lot of sporting events and I always kept my media passes for that because it's cool to go eventually, you know, later on in life to go yeah. back and look at those. So what I've started to do now in my beer career, obviously I don't have, I can't get media credentials for those, but I've started keep keeping my, well, I don't know what these are called, like press passes. Pre these, well, not press, just like your, Oh, I don't know. Credentials. Credentials. Like if you sign to go to like a conference or you're an attendee. I like um, to call it the, yeah. I'm the badge, your, your, your conference badge, <laughs> your, conference badge. your registration sure. badge. Yeah. So I have my latest two. Um, I brought my one for the Pink Boots Conference, which That's was awesome. in, it's funny. It says Asheville, North Carolina. It was in Charlotte. Nice. <laughs> um, it was in Charleston. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, the Pink Boots Conference was in, in Charlotte. Um, February 17th through the 18th. And this one was actually really special in the sense it was the first time that I've got to meet a lot of women in this industry that I've communicated over social media for the past two years because there awesome. hasn't been a conference. Yeah. Yeah. It's every yeah. two years, but I think they had to skip a year. When did Pink so, Boots start? It's 15 years. That's awesome. I have a wow. bag that's celebrating 15 years. That's so incredible. I know that. So for context, uh, against the grain opened 10 years ago. Right. That's yeah, absolutely open 10 incredible. Years ago, Country Boy opened 10 That's, years ago. So 15, yep. So Pink Boots has been open for five years longer. So yeah, Pink Boots Conference, it was amazing with Charlotte. Two days, got to meet um, and hear amazing stories from just such inspiring people who work in this industry. And then my other one is actually just from... This past week, um, which these ones are really fancy ones. Yeah, like, that's like pretty ooh, nice. Oh, it's a pouch. What'd yeah, you, what, no. Oh, what'd you leave in there? It's like a joint. Mints? Uh, Very mints. Roaring River Distillery. It's in Indiana, uh, Tennessee. Weird. Um, but yeah, this one's really fancy. You know, put all your... Oh, I got more business cards in here. Let's go through. <laughs> Is that a Southern... Oh, yeah. Oh, D Disc Insider. Yeah. Coming to Kentucky very soon out of Nashville. That's awesome. Um, that's it. No more. But this one was from the Craft Beverage Expo here in Louisville. I was a panelist on the uh, the Women in... I was a panelist during the Women in Craft Day on Thursday. I was on a title on a panel called She's So Lit, which is funny because that would be the last word used to describe me. <laughs> um, but I was up there with um, Andrea Mayweather and um, Brittany Penny, um, CEO of Two Cents Bourbon Company, The Nine. Wow. So yeah, I'm, you know, a new tradition of mine. Obviously we haven't had these types of conferences in person where I needed to hold on to these types of badges. So hopefully I'll have like a ton by the end of you going um, to CBC? I am going to CBC in yeah. Minneapolis. Just officially booked my plane ticket. That's so exciting. Hell yeah. I figure that makes it pretty official. So if you're going to Minneapolis, let me know. Hopefully I'll have a badge for that one here That's in a couple a weeks. That's a really fun thing to collect too, because it's so easy to just yeah. kind of toss that into the, you know, just be like, okay, I'm done with this thing or whatever. Well, but holding on to those things and just going back and thinking about the time yeah. and just whatever. It's like, I know Drew brought his pay stubs. These are my pay exactly. stubs. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was thinking, and then I still had this one laying on the counter and I was like, 
that's it. Because, I mean, if I had all my, my press passes for my sporting days, I'd have really cool games that I attended and just jogs those memories. And eventually I'll do something cool with them, putting them in a shadow box. But I maybe this is me uh, like uh, admitting my egoism or something like that. But I, whenever I get one of these things, like it really does feel cool. Oh, yeah. You like, feel official. It says, yeah. It's like, like, I was like... And I was like putting it like yeah. in my arm. Like. I always just put it like like this just to make sure I'm gonna, I just walk around well, so everybody can well, see I mean, it. I, I definitely wear it out after <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I still have it on. It's I like forgot. the go with like the four year old like Bonnaroo like thing around my, his wrist. My perspective on that is oftentimes it's whether you're feeling like something of an ego. I don't think that's it. I think it's more like along the lines of gratitude. Yeah, or pride. yeah exactly. Or, or pride. Yep. It's like, man, this thing that I did on a whim. Because we all have imposter syndrome. I, <laughs> it's some it's, yeah, it, it's, it's imposter syndrome. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? They think I belong here. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to belong here. Yeah. Also paid to be here. So <laughs> just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. I only paid to be part of one. Yeah, that's freaking cool. But Pink Boots, awesome organization. Check it out. Check out your local chapter. Check out the Kentucky one. I'm a big part of that. Yeah, you guys do a lot. It's really, um, it feels like it's reaching the tipping point where it's like, uh, it's 15 years old, but it feels like it's becoming a huge This part. chapter's not 15 years old. Yeah, right? yeah. just oh, the, it's the it's organization. What, two, three? three, yeah. You guys have done a lot in a I, very brief time during a pandemic. And we're very small. Yeah. I mean, we're the whole state and we maybe have 10 members, which a whole, you know, Charlotte probably has like 30 to 40 members. And so... And and I know, you know, Kate's not like, well, she's in charge, I guess. No, actually, our new president is Stephanie Miracle from Mir Twin. I love Stephanie. That's great. From now Mir Twin. Now Mir Twin. Okay, that's good. Backtracking, though, because we've just been talking about Kate a couple times on the podcast, and we want to do something with Hopkinsville at some point, whether it's like an LAT, yeah. like Saturday trip there or, or whatever. We want to try to get there because I haven't been to Hopkinsville's Brewing Company in a few years yeah i think the last time i went was during the uh when when the the shadow goes over the oh sun. yeah the, the solar eclipse the total or the whatever they call yeah, it the solar, solar eclipse path of totality the path of totality yeah. that was yeah, Brett from the monic scott beer yeah uh, coffee ipa or whatever he made that's fantastic yeah that's good scott. but yeah this is my that's show super super cool Maybe next time I'll just bring all my like actual sports and we'll be like, okay, this is the Kentucky South Carolina game we won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was my first press connection. Wait, wait, were you on the field for that? Uh, the one where we won in South Carolina? No. With Patrick Tolles? No, uh, No, I was. Because I rushed the field at the one at UK. I was in the press box. Criminal. The one where Zadarius, Tom Zadarius Thomas, Zadarius Smith intercepted. Yep. yep. I was That's in the press awesome. box. Well, See, I like, I remember to, that because I also had, you know, you remember the games you got to go to and cover, and it's kind of the same did thing. You, were you in uh, Lexington any year that they won basketball or football? I didn't cover, well, I didn't cover basketball, but no, I wasn't, I graduated high school in 2013, so I it's missed it. It's been 10 years since UK won a national title. Yeah. I was there. I was well, there. it's going to happen again Pretty in sure. two weeks. <laughs> 3,000 years ago. Yeah, but uh, football, is. yeah, lots of fun football games I got to intend. So this is my beer version of keeping my press passes. Do you think we'll ever see a job posting uh, from a Kentucky brewery? And it says something along the lines of, now hiring, uh, pink boots not required. Um, <laughs> I would hope so, because not everyone so has pink boots. I just think that'd be cool as shit to see. Or it might say like, uh, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> you know what, though? Props to the first brewery that does that. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Just from a marketing standpoint, and it should be 
probably Hopkins and Wisely, but anybody who wants to pick up that torch would be great because you see it a lot uh, from the other perspective and um, I think it'd be fun. Cool. Yeah, it would be. Thank you, Kimsey, for coming. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing the beer, drinking the beer with us, drinking that Expedition Stout, which is kicking in a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, it's very good. Andy. We hope everybody has a great week out there. We'll see you guys next week. 